Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast, that service of change, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change. Tonight's show, I'm kind of freestyling it today, but I want to talk about uh, a story came across uh, about the psilocybin mushroom and its effects on uh, terminal cancer patients. So I'm going to get in a little bit about the mushroom, some of the history on it. Uh, and some of the books I've read uh, or recommend reading talking about this uh, this tool, this powerful tool that you know some claim may actually be a communication device from outer space. That's according to the work of Terrence McKenna. I'm going to talk about that a little bit on this show as well. Interesting stuff. Uh, I, want to, I want you to open your mind to the possibility. I'm not saying go out, do drugs, get high, but I'm just saying open your mind to the possibility that there's more going on in this world than we realize. You know, I, I recently updated the introduction to my show to have Morpheus playing, you know, his voice coming over there talking about, you know, it's a splinter for your mind. Uh, you know, that that scene in The Matrix is so powerful. You're here because you know something, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it like a splinter in your mind. And I feel that every single day, even when I'm trying to do this show, even if when I'm looking at the evidence in front of me, I still feel like there's more, something that I'm just not quite grabbing what I'm trying to understand yet. So that's why I'm doing these shows because it helps me to understand it, to speak about it out loud. And from the feedback I get from you, my listeners and my readers, it's been very helpful. Great to engage in that discussion to say, hey, Dennis, I think you're off on this one. Or, hey, Dennis, try looking in this direction. That helps me so much. So uh, I hope you're getting something out of the shows as well, because I certainly enjoy doing them. I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as, as I enjoy putting these together. So uh, a few things in the news, actually just one story I'm going to jump to before I jump into the show. I got to be kind of quick today with this one, but uh, we this week we say goodbye to NASA astronaut John Glenn. Um, he passed away this past Thursday at the age of 95. John Glenn was the first man to loop around the earth three times in his Friendship 7 spacecraft. That was back in February of 1962. Um, 
I just, my memories of John Glenn, obviously that was before my time, but I remember being a kid watching a movie about it and just, I, I can still see it in my mind. I don't remember the name of the movie, but you know, his excitement as he's just falling around the earth in his, in his spaceship. And I know that the people that were around during that time, I know that meant a lot to them watching this man uh, rocking himself around in the name of, of exploration. And that's what I hope this show represents is the exploration of consciousness and of knowledge, much like he was f- physically exploring our world and our universe as well. So, uh, John Glenn, the best to you in the next journey. May you find peace and uh, the answers that we all seek in this lifetime. So uh, another story comes to me. This was through Unknown Country. Uh, I love checking their website. They always have some really interesting stuff. Uh, But this one kind of inspired tonight's show. Uh, And it's titled, Cancer-Related Depression and Anxiety Can Be Treated with Psychedelic Psilocybin. Now, I've I've heard, I've read other articles about this. I've heard about this, how they were doing um, projects where they were trying it with soldiers with PTSD as well, and they're receiving benefits. Uh, I don't have, you know what, I'll see if I can pull an article as I'm I'm going through this to see um, if I can give more information on it. But this article dated Thursday, December 8th. Um, says, amongst the numerous side ailments that can afflict cancer patients during treatment, psychological effects such as depression and anxiety are but two of the most common, affecting up to 40% of patients. But a new joint study between New York University and Johns Hopkins University shows that these effects can be treated and very effectively at that by using naturally occurring psychedelic compound psilocybin. I'm going to take a pause there for a minute. If you ever know anybody that's suffered or gone through this, and this is something I'm exploring, um, you know, in my research for my current uh, writing project, Food for the Archons, you know, but my father died from cancer and he had the depression, he had the anxiety, you know, and I suspect it was almost as if his mind was taken over by some parasite. And that's a whole different discussion. But, you know, I would have done anything to get him to, to be thinking clearly again. And, you know, we have this stigma in our society that if it's a drug that's listed as illegal or against the law, automatically it's bad. Now, again, I'm not promoting drug use right here. What I am saying is that we need to take a strong, hard look at this. Why are these things illegal? Is it really because it's dangerous or is it because it's something that technically we could go grow in our own backyards and big pharma can't make a profit on it. That, I think, is the motivation behind a lot of this stuff. And taking this to a deeper level, if you read some of the works of people like Terrence and Dennis McKenna, you know, they're going to say they have found profound, you know, and Graham Hancock and some others have found profound insights through the use of psychedelics, insights into who we are. Because is that not my goal of this show? Understanding who we are. Until we can understand the world around us, we first need to understand who and what we are before we can really understand what's going on out there around us and surrounding us. So my point being, I I question why some of these things are illegal. And it's something we need to think about. And I I hope that in saying that, it just has you to have an open mind to this. If you're like, nope, drugs bad, I'm not going to listen to this. Just listen for a minute because there is some good research that's coming out here talking about this. We're going to go back to the article. The two studies consisting of 29 subjects at NYU and 15 at John Hopkins found that 80% of the patients treated with psilocybin became noticeably, noticeably better after taking just a single dose. And aside from a few minor side effects, the effect would last for up to seven months 
with patients reporting improvements in their quality of life, energy levels, and seeing improvements in their relationships with family members. On top of this, the patients that reported seeing greater improvements were also the ones that reported having stronger, quote, trips while taking the drug. I would have given anything for my father to have this experience, for it to make this easier on my family when my father got sick, to have that, to have that that connection out there, to be able to get rid of the anxiety and the anger and the mood swings and just to enjoy the time that I had with him. So if you know anybody that's going through this, that's when you're faced with your true morality. When you're in that life or death situation, what are you going to do? What I think you should do is some research. I'm giving you a starting point here. Look into it. Look into the psilocybin, the Amanita muscaria mushrooms, and these compounds, and this now research that's coming out. So looking back uh, back to the article, I really don't think we have any models in psychiatry that look like the effects demonstrated in the two trials, claims psychiatrist Dr. Roland Griffiths, lead author of the Johns Hopkins study. Something occurs and it's repaired and it's better going forward. Very plausibly for more than six months, he added. In that sense, it's a new model. Psilocybin is most commonly found in magic mushrooms and is illegal in the U.S. in both natural and extracted form. The researchers that conducted these studies say that it would be unwise to self-medicate using this method, warning that the dosage should be administered by a professional in supportive environment. They also caution that the drug may be inappropriate for young adults or people with schizophrenia. And that's interesting, and I, I always say heed all warnings, do your own research. I just want to draw your attention to it. And keeping in the spirit of that, there's a book that I've been wanting to read for over two years now. I have it in my hand. I just haven't gotten into it yet. The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross by John M. Allegro. And if my understanding is correctly, there were some documents that were found. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I, I want to say, I, I forget where these documents were found, but this was years ago. They were uncovered and they were very, very old. And John M. Allegro was, was one of the world's, let's see, I'll read the back of the book. Uh, Through studying the origins and roots of words common to Sumerian and subsequent Middle Eastern languages, John Allegro has been able to show how ideas carried in these words continued into the beliefs, myths, and practices of later religions, including Judaism and Christianity. Many of the stories and characteristics of the Old and New Testament, as well as Greek myths, are seen to be founded on the fertility religions of our ancestors. At the center of the ancient cult, as the source and embodiment of its myths and rituals, was the sacred mushroom, Amanita muscaria. Allegro asks how far it remains central to biblical traditions, and his findings overturn all conventional views of religion in our time. So he was one of, multi, uh, I want to say, a dozen scholars that was called in to translate these texts. My, my apologies for not having the name of the text, but look up the book, The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. There's YouTube videos about it. This will blow your mind to look into this story. Um, but he, his translations, and I believe he was the best in the world at the time, his translations basically translated to Jesus is a metaphor for the magic mushroom um, in, in my limited understanding of this. And, of course, he was blacklisted and ostracized, as, as any good conspiracy theory goes. But he had some merit behind what he was saying. Now, I'm reading his introduction just to, to talk about this a little bit more. 
the means of conveying the information were at hand and had been for thousands of years. The folk tales of the ancients had from the earliest times contained myths based upon the personifications of plants and trees. They were invested with human faculties and qualities and their names and physical characteristics were applied to the heroes and heroines of the stories. Some of these were just tales spun for entertainment. Others were political parables like Jotham's fable about the trees in the Old Testament, while others were means of remembering and transmitting therapeutic folklore. The names of the plants were spun out to make the basis of of the stories whereby the creatures of fantasy were identified, dressed, and made to enact their parts. Here, then, was a literary device to spread occult knowledge to the faithful. So that's just taken from the introduction uh, from his book and kind of sets the scene of what he was getting into here. Uh, and something that's interesting, there's a, a YouTube video called The Sacred... Uh, I think if you Google Sacred Mushroom and the Cross, um, it, it comes up. It's about an hour long, and it goes through all these connections, which are just fascinating. And one of them was talking about um, how the magic mushroom is tied to Christmas. And I thought that was an interesting story as it comes up. Maybe I'll try to get a whole show on this. But uh, I, I found an article through Live, Live Science. I'll have the links in the show notes uh, at servicetochange.com. But, it, you know, I'm just going to read the, the headlines of this. But it says, you know, the eight or the headings of this, the eight ways that this is linked, that the magic mushroom is linked to Christmas. So number one, Arctic shamans gave out mushrooms on the winter solstice. And what was cool in this video that I'm talking about, I'll find the link and I'll have it in the show notes. What was cool in this video they talked about is they said that basically these, what these shamans would do is they would go out and they would gather uh, mushrooms. And as they would collect the mushrooms, they'd put them in like a little cloth tied up and they would tie these sacks of mushrooms to the pine trees because the Amanita muscaria mushroom grows underneath pine trees to tie into the Christmas tree. The Amanita muscaria mushroom is red with white speckles on it. It's the magic mushroom that you see in games like Super Mario Brothers and in a lot of the mushroom art. That's the one that you're seeing, the red mushroom with white spots on it. They would tie these in the trees you know, so they could dry up because that's the form that they would eat them in when they were dried. So some make the claim that that's the, the decorating of the tree was these mushrooms. And they say in Siberia that the shaman would dress in accordance, uh, you know, to honor the mushroom. So he would be dressed in a red outfit with a white brim or a white, you know, fur around his cap to match the white and red of the mu- magic mushroom. And, and this, you know, this video goes on to talk about how as they would go to enter the house, there'd be so much snow, the only way to enter the home would be through the smokestack in the roof, i.e. the chimney. So he would come down with his sack of mushrooms for these spiritual experiences that people would have, and he would give them out around the holidays. So I always thought that was pretty interesting. I am giving an extremely condensed version, but if you're listening to this, again, please don't be offended if you're if you're very religious, uh, you know, tied to Christianity. That's not my goal is to offend you, but sometimes we need to look beyond our paradigms, beyond our understandings of things, and that's what I'm saying. Have an open mind, do your own research into this, and see if there's a connection. Uh, and this goes on to give a couple more neat uh, connections here, this article that I have that, that I'll let you take a look at. I'll have the links again at serviceofchange.com in the show notes there, but they're really neat, and, it's, and I think that it's, it's worth exploring. Uh, and I want to talk for a minute. Uh, I'm going to cover two more things before I got to go here. Um, you know, the book by Daniel Pinchbeck, 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl. And I want to talk about Terrence McKenna. Um, Daniel's quoting Terrence McKenna here. 
in his book. And, and one of the things that Terrence McKenna is known for, he had a theory of evolution based. The, he called it the, um, the, the hallucinating ape or the high ape. And he basically said, um, consciousness evolved, humanity evolved because an ape mistakenly ate an Amanita muscaria mushroom that forced this ape's consciousness to expand. So, you know, through eating that, the, the ape got better ideas, had greater ideas, and was able to evolve and, you know, get ideas to develop tools and housing and all this other stuff that the other apes who weren't ingesting this were getting. So that's his theory. And, and if you read his book, you know, it talks in, in greater detail, better than I can explain in that. And it's fascinating stuff. It's worth listening to anything that Terrence McKenna has to say and some of the studies that he's done and the work that he's done. And I just want to take a side note and, and remind us that in our normal state, the average human being is only capable in the, in the visible light space spectrum of seeing 0.0035%. So keep that in mind. Within the universe, we're only able to see a very, very tiny amount of everything that exists. Yet we assume, we have this assumption that everything we see is all there is to include intelligent life. And when we look for intelligent life, many of us picture little green men or some type of humanoid type of thing that resembles us in some way, shape, or form. But that might not be the case. And that's what we need to think about, is it might be intelligences out there that exist simply in the form of electronic information that is a consciousness. If we think of artificial intelligence in a computer, the, the intelligence itself is not the computer, it's the electromagnetic stuff that's in there. It's the software that we can't touch. That's the intelligence, that's the life, and some, and many, including myself, will make the argument, that is what our consciousness is, that just happens to inhabit this biometric, biological computer that we live in called the human body. So that's something to think about there, and, and Terrence bridges the gap among many others, saying that the mushrooms are a key to helping us understand that. Now, I'm looking at Daniel Pinchpeck's book, page 96, uh, I'm just jumping in here. He's talking about McKenna, Der uh, Dennis, and Terrence's research. He says, The alien othered that continued to speak in McKenna's mind long after the event seemed to be the mushroom itself, which represented itself as an ancient galactic intelligence interested in making a productive symbiosis with modern humanity. I'm going to draw attention to that for a minute. He said it represented itself as an ancient galactic intelligence interested in making a productive symbiosis with modern humanity. Basically, it's an alien intelligence from somewhere else that wanted to join with humanity, that have a connection with humanity. Now, that sounds wild and crazy, right? But let's go on here for a minute. Quote, it is far more likely that an alien intelligence would be barely recognizable to us than that it should overwhelm us with such similarities as humanoid form and an intimate knowledge of our gross industrial capacity. He suggested proposing the Strophia cubensis mushroom is a memory bank of galactic history. As McKenna related, this fungal consciousness told him that it distributed itself through the galaxies as spores traveling on meteorites awaiting contact with the nervous systems of higher animal capable of conscious evolution. Now that's some wild stuff there, and, and I know if this is something you've never thought about, you're probably saying, number one, that dude's crazy, Terrence McKenna's crazy, Daniel Pinchbeck's crazy for, for quoting him, and Dennis, you're nuts for even discussing this on your show. 
But what I'm saying is have an open mind. I'm currently teaching a, an earth science course where we're just looking at teaching our students about the vastness of space. And even though we're having them put together scale models, I still can't wrap my head around, number one, how big the universe is and how tiny we are. If you just look at a, a comparison of our sun to the largest known sun in our galaxy, our sun is a speck in comparison to that large sun. And we are a speck in comparison to our sun. So we need to have that in mind that the universe is so big that anything may be possible. So these magic mushrooms, let's say they are some form of communication device. Maybe they're alien themselves. Maybe they are simply a program that allows for a connection with us and another intelligence. That's fascinating to me, and that's something that I think warrants investigation. And again, I'm not saying go out and get high. I'm saying start on a computer and go do some research on it because it has definitely caught my attention and something that I think it, it, I want to know more about. And I think a lot of the other things that I've talked about, about our connections to everything, will tie into this, and it fits with this nicely. Um, you know, but there's, there's just there's more to us than we realize, and that's what I'm constantly saying. And, and, and these plants, maybe they are. Maybe they are a means of communication. Terrence McKenna really seems to think that's the case, and he's made some really good arguments for it. I recommend, if you haven't done so already, you look the guy up. If you're not into reading, go look at some of his YouTube videos at the end of the day, it'll be entertaining and it's going to just take your thoughts into a different direction. So are magic mushrooms some alien species or some alien communication program that unlocks our minds and allows us to have these experiences? Or are people just getting high and is it inducing just some dream state that means absolutely nothing? Well, many people report having similar experiences when under the influence of these mushrooms. And at the end of the day, we are starting to get good science now that's telling us that at a bare minimum, whether alien travelers or not, at the end of the day, these mushrooms are having a beneficial effect on terminal patients, and that in and of itself, I think, warrants greater attention. So do your homework and spread that around and let this become common knowledge because, again, I hope that none of you out there ever have to experience a situation similar to what I went through with my father. But if you do, understand that there are other things out there that may ease that transition process. I am out of time. I wanted to get into a lot more, but that's all I have, uh, you know, for this for this episode of the Seeker Podcast. I'd like to direct your attention to serviceofchange.com, where you can get all your show notes from every episode that I've had. There's an archive of shows. You can also subscribe through SoundCloud and through iTunes. And please subscribe to the Seeker Newsletter. You get not only the show and the show notes, you get commentary from me as well. It's a great way to correspond. Uh, you know, and links for anything else that's going on. Right now, before the holiday, I'm running a special. You can get a copy of, of my book, Service, A Soldier's Journey, Counterintelligence, Law Enforcement, and the Violence of Urban Education. I got a special discounted rate. Uh, you know, I'm sorry for the commercial here, but you can get an autographed copy from me. Please check it out, serviceofchange.com. That's all the time I have. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop. Stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you.
Welcome to Truth Seekers.